The reading can be found in Nehemiah, chapter 2, verses 11 to 20. And that can be found on page 484 of your uh, Bibles next to you. That's Nehemiah 2, verses 11 to 20. I went to Jerusalem, and after staying there three days, I set out during the night with a few others. I had not told anyone what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. There were no mounts with me except the one I was riding on. By night, I went out through the valley gate towards the jackal well and the dung gate, examining the walls of Jerusalem which had been broken down and its gates which had been destroyed by fire. Then I moved forward towards the fountain gate and the king's pool, but there was not enough room for my mount to get through. So I went up the valley by night, examining the wall. Finally, I turned back and re-entered through the valley gate. The officials did not know where I had gone or what I was doing, because as yet I had said nothing to the Jews or the priests or nobles or officials or any others who would be doing the work. Then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God had put on me and what the king had said to me. They replied, let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. But when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official and Geshem the Arab heard about it, they mocked and ridiculed us. What is this you are doing? they asked. Are you rebelling against the king? I answered them saying, the God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Helen. Uh, Good morning, everyone. Nice to see you. My name is Adam. I've got the privilege of being the vicar of this church. It's great to be with you this morning as we think about this passage. As Neil has already said, today is Giving Sunday, and I'm rather hopeful on the way in you were given uh, a leaflet that's a little bit more bijou than I was expecting. It's my fault entirely. Uh, This one here, I hope your eyesight's good. We do have some larger copies of it if it would be helpful. If you haven't got one of those, if you could just pop your hand up somewhere and Davita will pop round with one. You will also need an envelope at some point uh, as well. Uh, The envelopes are so that later in the service I'll give chance uh, for those who would like to to complete the forms on the back of this this leaflet and the envelope means you can pop it in there and the uh, envelope will only be opened by our treasurer and by our uh, finance uh, administrator. 
I'm a, I appreciate that on any Sunday there will be new people in the building and it's great to welcome you specifically uh, here this morning and there may well be people who are visiting us uh, from elsewhere and again it's great to welcome you with us this morning. Today we are thinking about this passage from Nehemiah, we're also thinking about our commitment to our vision here at St. Jude's. I hope as we look at this passage, even if you're visiting from elsewhere, uh, you may be able to find some helpful things for your commitment for your own churches and indeed your own commitment uh, to God. Let me uh, pray for us then before we delve into this wonderful passage of scripture. Gracious Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that it speaks to us in different seasons of life. We thank you for Nehemiah and for his story of faithfulness. Lord, as you spoke to him, we pray you would speak to us this morning. Would you dwell deeply within your word? And would you help us to know and hear your voice? In Jesus' mighty name, amen. A question for you right at the beginning this morning. What are you living for? What are you living for? The American monk Thomas Merton once said, if you want to identify me, ask me not where I live, nor what I do, nor what I eat, nor how I comb my hair, but ask me, what am I living for? Nehemiah is a man who knows what he is living for. He knows the calling he has of God and follows that call. As Nigel shared with us last week as we began this sermon series, this call that Nehemiah has comes at a time when his people have been through a national disaster. They need to start recovering. They need to start rebuilding. We, as I've discovered, like many churches around the country, are using Nehemiah at this time, using this ancient story of recovery and rebuilding as we move forward from our own national disaster. Like Nehemiah, we too are at the start of a new season of life. But for us at St. Jude's, it's not just as we come out of this pandemic. It's also as we have together discerned this vision for St. Jude's for the future. We considered this at our church weekend a couple of weeks ago. This is God's vision. This is our vision to make Jesus the heart of South Sea. Nehemiah, I think, helps us in this passage to discern how we are to approach this new season of life together. The first thing that we see in this passage is a need for us to depend on God. The whole story of Nehemiah is one of dependence on God and of listening to him. Nehemiah was, generally speaking, a man of action. Last week, the prayer that he prayed that we thought about, chapter 1, verse 11, he says, Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of the king, in the presence of this man. He wanted to get on with it. He wanted success. And yet it's a hundred days between the end of his prayer, praying for it to happen today, and for the opportunity that he then has to meet and to speak to the king. Why? Well, we don't know. It doesn't say in scripture. 
But it's probably because he was depending on God's timing, because that would fit with the rest of Nehemiah and the story that we know of him. Chapter 2, verse 4 says, The king said to me, what is it that you want? At last, the king gives him an opportunity to speak. But before he speaks, Nehemiah says, then I prayed to the God of heaven. Before even responding to the king, he prays to God. Verse 18 of our reading today, I also told them about the gracious hand of God on me and what the king has said to me. He is once again showing his dependence on God. It's throughout this story. St. Augustine apparently once said, pray as if everything depends on God and act as if everything depends on you. You might have heard that before. Maybe you like that as a phrase. I'm afraid I don't. I'm sorry, Augustine. If I ever meet you, I will pick a bone with you about it. I agree wholeheartedly with the first part. We absolutely should pray as if everything depends on God. But if we act as if everything depends on us, we'll turn into Mr. Fix-It or Mrs. Fix-It, and we'll always feel like we're never doing enough. When I uh, had my first job in a church, it was at Christ Church in Clifton, and my very first job in my first day, in fact, was to find preachers for the summer season. The vicar was going on holiday, and uh, we needed some preachers to come and speak to us at the services. Uh, We were close to a theological college, and so I thought that was a good place to start, and so I rang some of the lecturers and asked if they would be able to come and speak. Uh, And I really wanted to get the job done, and I was quite frustrated about not being able to get through to somebody. And eventually, I spoke to one lecturer, and he said, well, the date in the diary is free. I'll call you back. Uh, And I put the phone down. I was deeply frustrated. He phoned back 10 minutes later and said, I've prayed. I've asked God. I believe he's given me permission to come and given me something to speak about. Nehemiah, just like that lecturer, is dependent on God throughout this story. So if I were Augustine, I might change the phrase to pray as if everything depends on God, listen, ask him what he wants you to do, and then do that. I realize it's not as catchy, um, but you get my point. As we think about our response to this vision today, as we think about our response to God today, this, I think, is also true of us. The verse I have always held closest to me in regards to my giving, not just financially, but in other ways as well, is 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7. It says, each of you should give what you have decided in your hearts to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Paul is saying to the Corinthian church there, as Nehemiah is saying, we need to depend on God to seek him and to act accordingly. So, first thing we see in this passage, we need to depend on God. The second thing we see on this passage is the need to work together. Verses 17 and 18, Nehemiah sets out the issues to the people there. He shows them the problem and he tells them what God has said they need to do about it. Nehemiah is no doubt whatsoever about the objectives that he has. These walls need to be rebuilt. But it's not just to defend the city, it's because God's name is at at stake. And Nehemiah cannot do this alone. He knows this. He needs everyone to partner with him to see what needs to be done. This isn't just Nehemiah's vision. This is the Lord's vision for his people. 
Friends, I hope I've said enough in this place that this is not Adam Tamsey's vision for St. Jude's for the next season of life. This, I believe, is the vision the Lord has given us collectively as we have collectively sought him. This is therefore his vision. It is our vision that we share together. As a consequence, it is ours to see it come to fruition. Now, most people here have already been doing this work. It was wonderful a few weeks ago uh, to uh, share together 50 or so volunteers serving the community, doing the cream tea, and a wonderful event with about 300 people from the community coming in to the building, coming into this space. Some of you here may well be here as a result of that uh, outreach that we did together. Right now, our children and our young people are learning about God because yet more people are fired up for their vision of discipling young people to know him. There are so many other ways in which many of us are already sharing in the work of this vision. Let's think about our finances for a moment. This piece of paper gives you an outlay of what this last year has looked like or is likely to look like and what we want to look into next year. And Yes, at the moment it looks like we'll be facing a deficit in the coming year. And it's very easy to look at that and that to be the figure that we take home. But let's not lose sight of two really important facts that are in part of this. The first is that it looks like we will have around £335,000 of income this year as a church. That is those of you who are already here, already showing your commitment to this vision. Thank you for that. Thank you for your generosity in that. The second thing to recognize in this is the only reason why we can stand a deficit in this most unusual of years is because of the generosity and the faithfulness of you and of those who have gone before us. Thank you again. Today, as we look for all that God has done in the past, we also look forward to what he will be doing in the future. And we once again need to commit ourselves to him. I asked at the church weekend whether you were fed up or whether you were fired up. You may remember. And if you were fed up, I hope that you've had time uh, to spend with the Lord and to discern exactly why you were feeling fed up. At the weekend, many of us placed a stone uh, on the communion table as a sign of our commitment to this vision and a recommitment to the Lord. Today, this form, which I'll come to in a moment or two, goes a little further. But just like Nehemiah, we need to recognize that we all work together to see God's vision for this place. The last thing I think we see in this passage is the need to have confidence in God. At the end of our reading today, Nehemiah faces some opposition to the plans and to the vision, and it's not for the last time. And in a few weeks, Neil will think about that opposition in a little bit more detail. But I've said before, when the lights come on, the bugs will come. We will face opposition as we seek to make Jesus the heart of South Sea. The evil one does not want Jesus to be the heart of sound. See, he's quite content with all the other things and all the other stuff being at its heart. But the Lord is calling us to make Jesus the heart of Sousey. 
Once again, at the end of our reading, Nehemiah points his people back to God. Verse 20, it says, the God of heaven will give us our success. Joyce Mayer famously once said, we don't need to have more self-confidence, we need to have more God-confidence. Not more self-confidence, but more God-confidence. And it's easy to look at this task that we have ahead of us and to feel a bit daunted, but the God of heaven will give us success if we depend on him and if we work together. One of the things that I sensed early on when as I arrived here that it was right for us to do was to start an evening service here at St. Jude's. We prayed about that at PCC, we discussed it at PCC and as the vision group and we together discerned it was the right thing to do. It started two weeks ago. Before the service, four of us gathered in this space here uh, to pray for the service uh, as it began, the very first one, two weeks ago. And as we did so, a student was walking along Kent Road uh, uh, towards us and took this photograph of St. Jude's, lit up in golden sunshine. I sent this picture to um, some friends of mine that pray for me each week. Uh, and one of them uh, said that as she was praying, in the prophetic, she in fact saw a rainbow over the church and it was a sign of God's faithfulness and God's promise that we could have confidence in him. What she didn't know was that David, our church warden, uh, sent me this photo you may be able to see. On the same evening, a rainbow was in the sky as well, a sign of God's faithfulness and his promise. If we depend on God, if we do as he asks us, if we work together, we can have confidence, as Nehemiah does, that the God of heaven will give us success, not for our glory, but for his so as we think about our response to this vision, I think that's not just true for us as a church, but I also think that this is true for us individually as well. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to pray over the forms in front of you. When we think about what we give, we do need to depend on God we do need to know that we're all working together. I doubt any of us can, uh, can give the whole amount in one go to the work of this church. We work together. But we also need to have confidence in him as well. Did you know that when it comes to our finances, the only area of life God calls us to test him in is those finances? Malachi 3 says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. A few weeks ago, uh, Jess and I uh, at the, were at the end, the last day or last day or two of our financial month and had had quite a, an expensive month and were relatively poor uh, and didn't have very much money to last us till the end of the month till we were paid again. Uh, and I was away for the night uh, at, a, at an event uh, and I really sensed the Lord tell me that we should give pretty much all that we had left to somebody. And I'd like to say, I went, okay, God, fair enough, crack on. Uh, I, in fact, went, are you sure, God? Because really, that's all we've got left. I'm not entirely convinced we can afford to, uh, and I'm not sure what Jess will say about it. I text Jess, she's much more holy than I am, and she agreed with me that we should give the money away, and we did so. 
leaving us literally with nothing for the rest of the month. That same day, about an hour later, somebody popped a card through the door and it said, we were praying for you this morning and as we did so, we sensed the Lord tell us to give you this. And in the envelope was the same amount of money we had just two hours earlier, an hour earlier, given away. That is a relatively small example of God's faithfulness that I have seen at work in my life every single day and that we see at work in the life of this church, that these resources that we see on here are evidence too. So we need to have confidence in God once we've followed him and we've depended on him and we know ourselves working together. So how am I asking you to respond to this today? Well, the first question is the same question I asked two weeks ago uh, or three weeks ago. Are you fed up or are you fired up? for what God is going to do through this place, for this vision. And if you're still feeling fed up before you do anything else, the thing we need to do is to say, Lord, why am I fed up? Will you give me excitement? Will you give me vision? Will you inspire me? Will you give me hope for what it is you want to do in this place through me? If you're feeling fired up, are you ready to commit yourself in all ways to the work of God in this place? The back of the form speaks of three ways that I'd like to particularly pray into. And the first of those, and perhaps the most important, in fact the most important, is to pray. Nehemiah is clear that he acts and prays as if everything depends on God. And I could not be clearer that this vision will not come to fruition without our prayer. And so the first thing that it asks you to do is to commit to pray for this vision at St. Jude's. And that might be weekly, it might be daily. Perhaps you might like to set an alarm on your phone to remind you to pray regularly for the vision of St. Jude's. All of us, if we're called to minister in this place, and even if we're not, can do that and should do that. The second thing it asks you to consider is around serving. Perhaps you already serve in some way, or perhaps you'd like to consider serving in a new way. And I recognize that for some, this might be impossible. But for most of us, the question isn't, should I serve? It's how should I serve? How will I help this vision come to fruition? For some of us, we just need to recommit ourselves to God and to this place. And finally, through our financial giving, maybe you already give Maybe uh, today is the day that you need to start giving for the first time. Again, for some of us, this may be impossible, but for most of us, the overriding question of Scripture asks is not should we give to the ministry of God, but how much should we give? Again, for some of us, it will be a need for us to recommit our giving to the Lord. As I say, in a moment, I'm going to pray for us and give us some silence to listen. And if uh, you receive this form by email or maybe at our midweek service on Thursday, I hope for some of you, you've already been thinking and praying about how it is you want to respond today. And if that's the case, please put it in the envelope, fill the form in, put the form in the envelope. And as we begin to sing our next song in a few minutes time, bring it forward and place it in one of the baskets at the front here. If you're seeing this for the first time and you'd like some time to pray and reflect over it, please do that. Take it with you and we'll have another opportunity next week uh, to do exactly the same. 
if you place it in the envelope, it'll only be opened by our treasurer and our bookkeeper. If you're at home online, Sam is going to place into the link uh, to the version of this form, which again will go through to our finance team. As I say, others may need time to pray and to reflect, and that's also good. Before I pray for us, let me read just two verses of scripture, which I've already read to you again. The first is that verse from 2 Corinthians 9. Each of you should give what you have decided in your hearts to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And then the very beginning of Nehemiah 2, the king said to me, what is it that you want? And then I prayed to the God of heaven, and I answered the king. Let us do as Nehemiah does, as Paul instructs us to do, to act and to pray as if everything depends on God. Let's pray together. Oh God, we thank you so much for this story of Nehemiah. We thank you for his dependence on you. We thank you that he knows that he cannot do this alone and that he needs to work with you and with each other. We thank you, Lord, for his confidence in you. That as he trusts you, he knows that he will see you at work. That the God of heaven will give him success. Lord God, today we pray that you would help us to depend on you. That you would help us to know our part in working together to make Jesus the heart of South Sea. And that you would give us the confidence that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Give us some time in silence to pray and perhaps if you'd like to, to complete this form before coming back and praying again. Let's have just two or three minutes in the quiet. Lord, would you speak, we pray.